All right, to get us into John chapter 9, I'm going to jump right into this this morning. I have a couple of pictures for you, and I, and, uh, I want to see what you see here this morning. So, Josh, if you go to that first picture for me, what do you see? Okay, I've got, I've got a goose or a duck, right? Somebody said rabbit over here. Anybody see both of them? Because you're both right, right? So you got the, the duck bill over here, or it's the bunny ears over here, and then you see the face, if you can see the bunny looking this way, the duck's looking this way. An image like this, you're both right. And depending on what you see is what you believe, and depending on what you believe is how you will answer the question, what do you see in the picture, right? Okay, this one's a little more difficult. I don't know how this is going to be on the big screen, but let's try this. There's a message here. Can you read it? Okay, some of you got it. It took me to uh, squint my eyes real, real good. So Josh, go to the next one because I blurred it for you to make it. Can you see it better that way? No, I love the honesty. No. Can you read? Okay. Do not read the next page. Well done. And Josh, go back to that first one just for a second because uh, um, depending on how you see or what you see, right, if you know there's some kind of message there, when, when I first saw this one earlier this week, I, I mean, I got in front of my computer screen, I got real close to it, which I think might have been the problem, and, and I was squinting real hard, and, I was in, and, and then Josh, go to the next one, when you blur it up, I was able to read it. And so I was trying real hard, and I was, squ- I was squinting my eyes real hard, and again, depending on what you see is how you'll respond. Um, I don't want to tell you how long it took me to figure out what the message was, but it took a little too long, and it was frustrating me. But once I figured it out, I felt a lot better about it. And I bring these pictures up this morning as a way of introduction to John chapter 9, because here in John chapter 9, we have a story, as I mentioned earlier, of a man who has never seen anything in his entire life, a man born blind. And the man born blind is given a gift to which he never expected to get. His sight. And I think in a lot of ways, we are people who try really hard to see something of value or meaning. We'll squint our eyes real hard and we'll look real closely and we'll see what we want to see at times. Or if we can't see it, we'll try really hard to see it. And there's a difference There is a difference in being one who tries to see and one who just simply sees. And when we can't see, I think what happens is, you've had these kinds of experiences, even even the most basic experience of walking through a dark room, whether you know the room or not, can still be a little intimidating maybe. It can cause a little bit of panic. Perhaps you have had eye issues and you have not been able to see or at least see clearly and there's a difficulty there and it's not preferred to not see. And in John chapter 9, put yourselves in the shoes, so to speak, of a man that's been born blind. He knows there is nothing he can do to see the picture more clearly because this is the way of life for him. He lives in blindness and he lives in darkness and this is the way for him until until Jesus shows up. Until Jesus comes onto the scene. What he expected life to always be like is flipped over. 
when Jesus arrives. And so I want us to not just hear the story, I want us to see the story. Witness in this reenactment of Jesus giving something that this man never expected to have in his life. Josh? As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind. Teacher, whose sin caused him to be born blind? Was it his own or his parents' sin? His blindness has nothing to do with his sins or his parents' sins. He is blind so that God's power might be seen at work in him. As long as it is they, we must keep on doing the work of him who sent me. Night is coming. And no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light for the world. After he said this, Jesus spat on the ground and made some mud with the spittle. He rubbed the mud on the man's eyes. Go and wash your face in the pool of Siloam. This name means scent. So the man went, washed his face, and came back, seeing. Here's where I want to take us this morning. So I want us to experience or wrestle with our vision. Because what we learn out of John chapter 9 is that vision isn't seeing. It's believing. Vision isn't seeing, it's believing. John chapter 9, Jesus, as we just saw, gave a man something he never experienced or expected to experience, his sight. 
But later on in John chapter 9, kind of the bookends of this particular chapter, later on Jesus finds a man, and we're going to get into the Pharisee stuff here in just a moment, but, but the, man, the, the man once blind had encounters with the Pharisees. Jesus hears about these encounters with the Pharisees, and in John chapter 9 verse 35, Jesus heard that the Pharisees had thrown him out, and when he found him, Jesus asked him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him, Jesus said. You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. See, the man gained more than just sight. He gained a belief in the one who could do things that no one else could do or expect to be done. And our struggle is not to simply see Jesus. It is to believe Jesus. Our struggle is not to just see, not to just witness, but to be ones who live out what the vision has given to us. You see, the Pharisees go on. They see this. They notice this man, born blind, can now see. And Scripture says they don't believe him or believe that he is the one. And so they, they question him. They witness a man reborn, a man changed, a man given his sight somehow, some way, and yet they question him. They can't believe what they see. And so we have this man born blind and now can see, and his vision has changed for life, but there are others who witness this change and they can't see it. They don't have the vision beyond their own interest beyond their own belief, beyond their own vision, John says through Jesus' words that they are spiritually blind. Picking up in verse 39 of John chapter 9. uh, 39 of John chapter 9. Jesus said this, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see And those who see will become blind. Now some Pharisees who were there heard him say this, and they asked him, What? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. The Pharisees are the religious examples of the day. They are the ones you look to if you want to be a law-abiding Jewish citizen. They are the ones that show you the way. They are the ones who regulate the way. They are the status of being a good Jewish person. And these Pharisees don't believe what they have seen. They have no vision. So, here's how I thought about this this week. My two littlest, my six and four-year-old, will not go to bed without a nightlight. Just won't do it. Won't go to bed without a nightlight. We got Scout for Christmas, my youngest. We got her this, uh, the best way I can describe it is like a squishy nightlight doll so she could sleep with it. And the thing scorches like the sun. It's so bright. 
Okay, it's so bright in there. And so we tried to negotiate this nightlight situation. So we have this new little lamp in there and it's still pretty bright. And so now we put like clothes over it to kind of dim the light. Okay. And, and so we're doing all these things to help give them light, but not too much light. So they'll go to sleep and sleep well, right? Some nights before I go to bed, I'll go check on the kids in their, in their rooms and I'll go into their room. They share a room together and I'll go in that room. Not only will the squishy doll light be on, not only will the lamp be uncovered, but their closet light and the bathroom light with the door open will all be on. And so what they want is light. They want to be able to see in the dark. Now here is how I've thought about this and here's where, here's where I bring this up. Because I think the Pharisees want to see the light. But they're using night lights. We like a good night light. It helps us see in the dark. We like those motion ones when we walk in and throw our house in the middle of the night. We like all these lights that can give a little bit of light in the darkness. And what is happening so often in our spiritual lives is we're relying on night lights and not the light of the world. We're relying on little lights so that we can remain comfortable in our darkness rather than the light of the world to lead all of us through the darkness. And I think if we're not careful, okay, the Pharisees are clearly a way for us to have an example of not to live in John chapter 9. And if we're not careful, what will happen is we will not have the vision that comes from Jesus Christ. We might be able to see, we can come into this place, we can join here for an hour or two on Sunday, we can occasionally show up for small group, we might come on a Wednesday every, every now and then, we might help here and there, and we might say we're doing good, and we see the light, but what we're doing is, is we're living by a night light rather than the light of the world. You see, the light of the world changes everything about us. It doesn't just change our behavior, it changes how we see people, and it changes how we interact with people. It doesn't just give us a light to go through our comfortable easiness of life. It gives us a light to rock our worlds. And if Jesus isn't changing you and rocking your world, then you're following the wrong Jesus. Because Jesus is here to upend all that we know. He is here to show people who have never experienced the light of the world what it means and what it looks like to be someone who doesn't just simply see, but has vision. Vision isn't seeing, it's believing. And I think in a lot of ways what we don't want is our dad to come in and turn out all the lights in the middle of the night and leave us in darkness. John chapter 9 has good news for us because Jesus is the light of the world. And that light, that light will give us vision. There's a couple of things I want to point out about this interaction with that Jesus, uh, that the man once born blind has with the Pharisees. I want to point this out. That your belief or your vision will be questioned and your belief will be challenging. Having vision that comes from Jesus, it will be questioned and it will be challenging. John chapter 9, verses 15 and 16. 
The Pharisees have questioned the man. They begin to question the man once born blind. In verse 15, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received the sight. Well, he put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Now some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. Talking about Jesus. For he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, well, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. See, the man's questioned about his new life. He's challenged because he now lives a different life, the way of a vision that comes from Jesus. The man is literally questioned about who he is because now he lives differently. And what happens is, is if you have the vision of the light of the world, if you have the belief that comes from Jesus Christ alone, if you stop living by the nightlight and by the light of the world, you will be questioned. Your actions will be questioned. Your story will be questioned. You'll be scrutinized by what you're doing and the choices that you are now making because now... The light of the world has changed everything for you. Later on in John chapter 9, see what happens is the Pharisees don't like his story. They don't want to believe his story, so they go to his parents. His parents, afraid of the religious leaders of their day, afraid of their religious leaders, Push him off back to the man. And so the Pharisees go back to the man once born blind again. John chapter 9 verse 24. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. This is the Pharisees. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man's a sinner. Verse 25. The man once born blind replies, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know. I was blind now I see. Then the Pharisees asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I've told you this already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Which I love that retort. Then they hurled insults at him. The religious leaders hurled insults at him. You are this fellow's disciple. We're disciples of Moses, they said. You ought to know this. If you have a vision that comes from Jesus Christ, from the light of the world, you will have a challenging life. I am sick and tired of the message that Christianity will make it easy for you. The way of the cross is hard, not easy. The way of Jesus is difficult, not easier. If you're looking for easy or if you're looking for comfort, then you are not in the way of Jesus because the challenging way of the vision that comes from Jesus, you will be insulted for what you believe in. It'll be a challenging life for those who commit to Jesus Christ. There is no easy in the way of Jesus. There is only cross in your future. And that is not easy. That is difficult. That is challenging. That is hard. Stop looking for the easy. Your vision matters. But notice the man that was once born blind. A new vision 
will lead to new life. A new vision will lead to new life. The man once born blind had a way of life. The expectation is a man born blind, he will always be blind. There is nothing else for him in this world except to be a beggar in that culture. And that man is changed forever because of Jesus Christ. What once was is no longer when Jesus shows up onto the scene. Jesus changes us. And what once was in your life doesn't have to to be any longer. Jesus can and will change you. Do you want the vision of Jesus Christ? The man says, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And he goes on to say, I believe you, Lord. And he worships him. His life is altered forever. His life is changed forever. And yet, Pharisees or the religious leaders just want to question his now new life. He has a vision that's beyond this place and beyond this world. He has now a belief in Jesus Christ alone, and that is all you need. What about the Apostle Paul as a good example? He was once named Saul. Saul's a murderer. In fact, he's made it his life to persecute those who now follow Jesus. He has been given great authority in his day to go out and to punish Jesus Christ's believers. This Saul is on, his on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. This Saul, on his way to do more punishing and more murdering, sees a light, and the risen Jesus appears before him and asks him why he is persecuting him. And Paul, or Saul, excuse me, can't see anymore. Jesus blinds him. In John chapter 9, verse 3 through 5, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 9, verse 18. Scroll down a little bit. Scripture says this. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. Was Saul questioned about his new way of life? Of course he was. Was it challenging for him to change everything that he had lived for? Of course it was. But Saul became Paul because his life was changed by the vision that Christ gave him, showed him, gave new sight to him. Uh, back in October, a new worship album came out. Kanye West's Jesus is King. Now, if you Google Kanye West, Jesus is King, you will be bombarded by great opinions on this. Because Kanye West is an R&B star. He's a rapper. And Kanye is known for offensive lyrics. He is known for songs that belittle people, and women especially. He has albums that are known for their offensive language and their dirty language nonetheless. And yet, this past October, Kanye West came out with a worship album. And see, what we want to do is we want to say, well, is he serious? Is he real? 
Can we trust this? Is this something good? I don't believe this. This man once had some terribly languaged albums and songs, and now he's coming up with a pretty good worship album. Can we believe this? Here's what I want you to know, and it's very important that you take note of this. It's not your job to answer that question. Just like it's not our job to the newly converted soul to judge him in his new life, your job is to have the vision of Jesus Christ that propels your beliefs into a new way of living. I pray for Kanye, and I hope that it brings people closer to Jesus Christ, and his past be in the past, because Jesus can change what once was into something new altogether. He has the power and the ability and the know-how to give new sight and a new vision to all people and all walks of life. A new vision will lead to new life. And perhaps those of us who have claimed to have this vision before ought to stop judging and ought to stop being the Pharisees of John chapter 9. Maybe we ought to be the people who embrace the worship-filled life that comes from belief. Judgment will stop us. Belief will propel us. And so, I end with this. It's time to start living your belief. It's time to live in your vision. The vision that Jesus has given to each and every one of us. That may look different for each and every one of us, but what I know this is that when we believe We'll have a vision that propels us beyond this place and this world and beyond the petty arguments. Well, what if? I'm not too sure. And we will focus in on the one who has given something new to each and every one of us. One last image. Um, can you, do you see it? What do you see? Yeah, a duck? A duck, yeah. Chicken, duck, whatever, some fowl, right? Um, this is a church, St. Petersburg, Florida. A real church. You can Google map it or Google Earth it and you can find it. Now, from this angle, that looks like a chicken, but this is a church. And I'm guessing they didn't intend for this to happen, but you look at it from this angle and you can't but help see the chicken, right? Um... Here's what I want to make sure. Is that when people look at the church, when they look at this young church, they don't see a chicken. That they see a community of believers who live out that belief every single day. And how we see, it matters. But your vision is what will carry you. And our vision is to be people of Jesus Christ. A vision that takes all people of all walks of life, of all stories, all people who want to claim and get to know Jesus Christ, you are welcome here because this is not a chicken place. This is a Jesus place. If there's a need of any kind, I'm going to stay up front here this morning. If there's a need of any kind, please come forward. Come find me. Let this church pray for you. Let us know what it may be for you that this church can do for you in your life 
If you stay right where you are, that's great. I want you to wrestle with, as we sing this song this morning, what is your vision? Let's stand with